0: Learn more at Marines.com. This is Bless You Boys Podcast 105, recorded Friday, March 28th, 2014. Miguel Cabrera is a very rich man. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Welcome to the Bless You Boys podcast, where the editorial staff of BlessYouBoys.com, SB Nation's Detroit Tigers blog, covers the past week of Detroit Tigers baseball, and boy do we have a lot to talk about. It's been extremely busy at BYBHQ, thanks to the Detroit Tigers making a ton of news this past week, and it was all overshadowed by about, about eight, 16, 18 hours ago when the team announced their They had agreed to a, well, not announced, but the news broke that the team had agreed to a record-setting contract extension of Miguel Cabrera. Uh, We're recording this on Friday afternoon, about an hour after the Tigers made everything official. And so with that, before we get to all that, let's get the introductions out of the way. Uh, Kurt's not with us this week. Mr. Menching is out of town on official SB Nation business, which I think means he's drinking a lot of whiskey uh, and uh, racing to hell with other SB Nation bigwigs, but he'll should be back on next week's podcast. And uh, uh, we wish him well as he is uh, trying to be the, the the front man when it comes to all of SB Nation's MLB coverage. But we do have a return of the man we know as Hookslide, the king of the West Side of Michigan. Uh, I know he's been uh, real work, real world work, and kids and family have all gotten in the way the last few weeks, but he is back in Hookslide. Boy, there's a lot to cover on your return, isn't there?
1: Yes, there is. And um, how are you holding up, Al? I mean, I'm tired. <laughs> I, I imagine you are. <laughs> I mean, guys like me, you know, we we get to read this news and you know, kind of talk about it, you know, at the bar or whatever. But uh, uh, you know, you you had to really bust your hump there, didn't you? Yeah, especially with Kurt not around. So uh,
0: you know, Slacker. usually we kind of ta- we kind of tag team these things, but right. uh, he was uh, his only real connection, I think, was via a smartphone. So. Uh, no, we got a few emails from him, and he gave us suggestions and things like that. But the whole staff really stepped up. We, you know, as uh, we were talking before we started recording, and uh, just the we we have a numerous post about this uh, about the breaking news, and it covers all angles of the Cabrera signing, from how it affects the Tigers, how other teams think about it, to the breaking down the money. So again, we'll link to all that because we're going to talk about it in a sec, but. Uh, before we get to the nitty-gritty uh, about the podcast, if you want to contact us with any thoughts, questions, love letters, hate mail, you can reach us at bybtigers at gmail.com. We're also on the Facebook, facebook.com slash bybtigers, or you can just search Bless You Boys on, uh, in your, in, uh, on Facebook, and please like our page. We, we post all our links and commentary there as well, and you can find us on Twitter at Bless You Boys. Uh, with that, let's start talking Miguel Cabrera. All right, folks. Slide, I take it you've already heard about the news that Miguel Cabrera is going to be a very rich man. Yes, yeah, who's he will, Miguel Cabrera? Yes, uh, he will not sign just the most expensive deal in MLB history, but in pro sports history. He will average 30, million, $31 million a season on a contract that is, um, well, the extension itself is eight years and $248 million. There's also two vesting options at the tail end of the deal they would kick in if Cabrera finishes in the top 10 of MVP voting. Uh, and the Tigers' total commitment is going to be at least guaranteed commitment. That's not including the vesting options. Is going to be 10 years and $292 million. Uh, I guess uh, let me throw this out to you. As a fan, you've got to be thrilled. But I'm sure there's a part of you thinking, boy, that's a lot of money that could maybe handcuff the Tigers down the line. No,
1: not at all. I'm sorry. No, I, I, I responded to this in, in pure, uh, you know, tiger blooded fan fashion. Mm-hmm. I was just purely excited, uh, to know that Cabrera is going to be on the team, you know, ostensibly through the rest of his career. Yeah. I can imagine him going elsewhere, you know, at the end of that, at that period, um, and you know, I, I was, I, this took me right back to uh, during the winter meetings. We mm-hmm. had a lot of these same conversations about you know the big contracts with like Cano and and mm-hmm. the Ellsbury and some of the other guys. And you know, I, I stand by what I said then. It's not the money; it's the it's the length. Yeah. Typically, in, in any of these contract situations, for me, I think it's it's about the, the length of time. And you go, do you really want to tie yourself up for the next seven to ten years? But I will make the exception with with Cabrera and say that's not really a concern for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, well, yeah, well, just uh, go in a little bit about that. Uh, this is one of those deals, I think that uh, I don't know if the Tigers had to make, but uh, it, the fact that they're kind of in a rock and a hard place with this, if because right now they're catching a lot of grief from media sabermetric types, um, uh, uh, you know, and obviously executives from other teams saying this is an insane amount of money, but wouldn't. They also be well ridiculed for letting this guy hit free agency because the odds of him returning if he hit the open market are pretty much nil.
1: Can you imagine the shitstorm? Yes. If the Tigers had let him walk, mm-hmm. or, or tried to, to take it to the free agent pool and, and lost, you know, lost mm-hmm. on the open market, I I can't imagine what the backlash would have been. So I, you know, I I think you're right. It's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. They they had to you know to extend him. And they made the right move. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, there is a lot of talk out there that uh, this, uh, other major league baseball executives are, in the words of Buster Olney, who originally tweeted a report, they are appalled and disgusted by uh, this contract. But you
1: know, that, that seem kind of uh, hypocritical to you? I just hear jealous, jealous, jealous. That's all I hear.
0: Yeah, because don't you think these same executives would be lined up to make their
1: pitches to Miguel Cabrera if he was uh, hit the open market? Of course they would. Yeah. Of course they would. They would be selling the farms, you know, to make that happen. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, the winner is, you know, the one that's easy to, the king of the hill, sort to speak, you know, he's the easy one to try and knock down. Mm-hmm. The Tigers won out on this one. They've got arguably the best, you know, player in the last several, I don't know, the decade at least, yeah. you know, they've locked him up you know, for the next 10 years. And, uh, yeah, you're going to get some, I think, I think it's all jealousy, mm-hmm. you know, so what do you do? Well, they should have, you know, they spent too much money on this and it's appalling and it's just yeah. ridiculous. And yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. Teams like the Yankees who, uh, who given out insane deals or even want to talk to a, a smaller market team like the Mariners who just paid $250 million to Robinson Cano it really does sound start to sound really hypocritical, uh, uh, silly jealousy, uh, sour grapes, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and there is talk that uh, that he's not going to be worth uh, thirty million a year at the end of this deal. I mean, what well, how many? How, what forty year old is going to be? I get the main driving force of this deal is this is a hall a first ballot Hall of Fame player. I mean, he that's what Miguel Cabrera is tracking to be if you look at his numbers and. If you look historically at those kind of players, the Hank Aarons, the Willie Mays, the Babe Ruth, they all remained very, very productive offensive players well into their 30s. And I think that's what some people are tending to forget. We are not talking about uh, Jason Worth. We're not talking about... Uh, uh, you know, a, a good player. We are talking about a once in a generation player. And I think that time that's, I think is, is some of the Sabre Metro types seem to be shrugging off because they look strictly at, he will be 40 years old. He'll be making $30 million. Bad deal. When there are so much more involved with this, when you're talking about legacies, when you're talking about uh, tying up Cabrera now, essentially means he's going to be the LK line for the next several generations of, of uh, Tigers fans. So there's a lot more here than just what goes on in the ball field and what he's going to produce, and I think that's kind of getting lost with a lot of the
1: media. Yeah, the legacy is a big, a big part of this too. And I, you know, I've seen comparisons made to other players or whatever, but I keep thinking, you know, no, no one's coming close to, to what Cabrera is, you know, capable of in terms of, like you said, the the, the legend, the legacy, the the first ballot Hall of Fame potential. Um, you know, don't, don't even compare him to anybody else at this point. Um Robinson Cano, as we just said, got a contract not too dissimilar yeah. from this. And, you know, I think he's far less deserving. Um, or maybe a better way to put that would be to say Cabrera is way more deserving. Yeah. You know, so whatever Cano got, yeah, Cabrera deserves that and more. And he got it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Babe Ruth is a great example. He continued to produce, you know. Towards the end of his career, and Al, when's the last time you you saw a pitcher pitch to to Babe Ruth? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. There there you go. Yeah. He's dangerous. So. Well,
0: uh, obviously, uh, the the point man for the uh, anti-Cabrera brigade has been ESPN's Keith Law, and I just found his. No, obviously had some decent points, but this is where sabermetric guys start to lose me because he. This is what he had to say, which I found absolutely ridiculous. Many corner players who were nearly as productive in their 20s as Cabrera did even make it to age 40. Guys such as Ron Santo, Vladimir Guerrero, Bobby Bonds, Buddy Bell, and Dick Allen, none of who played past age 37. Now he's comparing Ron Santo, Buddy Bell, and Dick Allen to Miguel Cabrera. That that just that's if you ask me, that's sheer idiocy. That's not there's even there's no common there's- sense there.
1: No, I see the comparison there. I mean, in that mm-hmm. they were all male and uh, <laughs> baseball. So yeah, yeah you've you got a point there. Yeah. Good, good point.
0: And he, and it, in regard to Barry Bonds, he was still an extremely productive offensive force at the end of his career. He just didn't continue past the age of thirty-seven because of well other circumstances that start with steroids, and and he was essentially blackballed because. Uh, his final year, he know, he still had a ridiculous on-base on percentage pushing 500. So uh, yeah, no, th- th- I don't know where he gets that.
1: that that's an interesting uh, case study, too, the exception there, bonds, you mm-hmm. know, and saying, well, he did continue to produce well into his late 30s. But there was the whole, you know, scandal of, right. come on, there was PEDs involved in that. So, you, you know, kind of go back and go, can Cabrera continue to produce without Turning to you know the the steroids and the PEDs and whatever else to kind of help him through those those final years, I think he can. Yeah, but I, I really hope he's able to avoid the, the obvious temptation.
0: Yeah, as uh, Dave Dombrowski said during impressor, uh, do I think a forty year old Miguel Cabrera is going to win a triple crown? Uh, probably not, but he's pretty damn good, <laughs> and and that's, right. and that's the thing. And and there's also something else to take into uh, consideration here is. Uh, The TV money, and that is the Tigers will be getting a new contract for their broadcast rights by TV and radio probably in the next couple of years. I think the the contract opens up in 2017. And if you you look at all the other teams who have recently um, redone their uh, media broadcast rights, they've gotten insane amounts of money. I mean, that was essentially the argument used with uh, the Angels Signing of Albert Fools and that that contracts already paid for. If you look at the money they're going to have coming in from TV alone, don't you think it's safe to assume that the influx of cash will do the same for Miguel Cabrera?
1: Yeah, I think that's fairly safe to say. It's kind of a, you know, not a vicious cycle, but it's a cycle that feeds itself. I guess that, yeah. you know, if you if you sign Miguel Cabrera, then you do lock in, um, you know, that that star power and you even mm. guarantee yourself the high paying TV contracts. Precisely because you have Cabrera, yeah, and then the and the off you know side of that is that then yeah you pull in all this money to pay for the Cabrera that you just signed, so it all kind of goes to the same place. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: It's uh, but it is uh, a, 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 the Tigers are essentially going to be paying Miguel Cabrera and. Justin Verlander, close to, was it four hundred million, half a billion dollars? Oh, yeah, yeah. And when you when you start throwing that around, it really just feels like monopoly money at this point.
1: I <laughs> know, right? So you know, who's, who's who owns Boardwalk and Park Place then? Yeah.
0: Or, or oh, for that right. matter, you know, the Forbes is saying the Tigers are worth estimated worth of six hundred eighty million dollars. Well, uh, <laughs> Miguel Cabrera is going to make about a well more than a third
1: of that kind of money, you know, so it's it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. But want I wanna, I want to go back just a little bit, yeah. cause You mentioned something earlier mm-hmm. um you know about uh, him making $30 million a year when he's, you know, into his late 30s and 40s, right? And that tied in with the whole, you know, the the, the TV contracts and the way those things are turning out and they just keep the prices just keep going up. Mm-hmm. And they go up, and they go up, and they go up, and and it's not going to stop, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And so I, I posted a comment on the site very, very late last night, um, where, I, where I kind of raised that question. Said it maybe it's somewhat exaggerated, but let's let's talk about this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ten years from now, Miguel Cabrera is making thirty million dollars. Right. Don't you think that's going to be somewhere kind of near like the the average? Yeah. You know, for for an average player, average to good player. Could easily be pulling down that kind of money if the inflation rates just keep going up. So, you know, when you look at it in that light and say, perspective-wise, you know, in ten years, he might be, you know, not making as much as, uh, you know, I don't know. Do you, you see what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely do. It's uh, you got when you factor in inflation and the amount of money that's being thrown around in baseball that is increasing every single year, and it's only going to there's only going to be more coming in because. Uh, talk about between rock and a hard place. You're talking about television, television networks, cable networks, who, in a in a current atmosphere where pe- more and more people time shift what they watch when they watch things on the internet rather than uh, in real time on their televisions. When uh, they're doing, every, when very few people, I know, hell, I don't watch that much TV in real time anymore. But they have to. They the main reason they keep throwing this kind of money around is that sports is one of the few things left in the TV landscape that allows, uh, that force people essentially to watch things in real time and, you know, to sit through the ads, to sit through the pregame and games to be able to watch it. And, I, and then which of course most sports fans, because of how they've set up, blackouts and rights and things like that you're pretty much forced to buy cable television to be able to watch these things live you know so right. that alone i think pretty much guarantees that all pro sports including major league baseball their rights fees right i don't see the bubble bursting anytime soon unless something happens that that we don't see coming it's something that's going to you know just change the entire landscape of television and Obviously, the networks and the cable companies, the Comcasts of the world, they aren't going to let that happen anytime soon. So I think when you factor all that in, all of a sudden, $30 million a year does
1: not seem like uh,
0: uh, an overwhelming albatross of a deal.
1: No, no. And, and, and my point is just that it's not going to look like an albatross 10 years from now anyway. Yeah. You're not going to go, oh, my God, $30 million? That's insane because everybody's going to be making close to that. Yeah. And no matter what happens with you know, like you said, the technology and Comcast and whatever else, um, I think the one thing that we've proven as as a nation is that we mm-hmm. will pay. We will pay for yes. entertainment. Yes. So whatever they decide to do, you know, in terms of broadcasting, and I mean, they could start charging us actual limbs, and we would pay it. Yeah. You know, just yeah, we need the sports. <laughs> we we love our entertainment. So yes. Yeah,
0: yeah it's um. Uh, in, in, yeah, it, and think of it this way also, Hookslide is that. You could make an argument that actually Miguel Cabrera has been underpaid the, uh, 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 on his current contract comparing to what the production he's given out. You know, you know they say, uh, you know, what uh, one winner by replacement is worth $8 million. I don't know all the exact details, but but it's worth a hell of a lot of money. And you factor in what Cabrera's done already, he's really been underpaid. You know, he should have been making Alex uh, Rodriguez money a few years ago.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, now you have to refresh my memory, what was the previous contract? What was he getting per year? Uh, shoot, it was uh, – Sorry, I put you on the spot. No, there. that's
0: okay, because I, I actually I should have it up here. I know because this all I was – uh, had my head into last year, because I can bring it up right now. I believe it was uh, – let me look. Yeah, eight years, $152
1: million. So you know, I guess do the math. <laughs> I can do that right now. There we go. So what? Yeah, nineteen, twenty million. Yeah, give or take nineteen, nineteen million. I guess yeah. is what, close to that. So yeah, you could say that. You know, Prince Fielder was being paid more than that. Yeah, for, for Erlander, for that matter. Right. Yeah. But you know, I field up because he was he was not producing at the same level Cabrera was producing. Yeah, exactly. And getting paid more for it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in some senses, you could say Cabrera was being underpaid all this time. So some of this is just back taxes. Yeah, yeah, just paying the past years invoices because he was worth it.
0: Yeah, and the thing that the Tigers gave out this contract without really seriously thinking about it, about doing a research, without seeing, you know, hell, they, they see Cabrera every day. And they're they're not giving him this money and the belief that yeah we'll, we're we're thanking him for what he's done. They're giving him this money because they I'm sure they believe and if you've watched this guy over the past six years like most of us have that he's going to continue produce in his early 30s into his mid 30s pretty much the same way he is right now. And if you ask me, I don't see any signs of this guy slowing down anytime soon, which which makes this contract don't that look so bad
1: no he that's where he's he's kind of in a different league you mm-hmm. know than than the rest of these guys um you know just with with the you know i guess this this extension coming up everyone knew it was on the horizon there have been mm-hmm. a lot of uh i just was watching a special on uh, fox sports detroit the other day they did mm-hmm. a half hour thing called the big al cabrera the first decade yeah and there's been a lot of things like that articles written recently so i've been kind of you know immersing myself in his backstory and whatever and that's one thing that stands out is Look, this guy was showing signs of just unbelievable greatness mm-hmm. right out of the gate. Twenty years old, rookie year. Yeah. You know, his first major league hit is a walk off home run, you know, yeah. and that's just a sign of um things to come. You know, the, the, I love to tell the story to my own son. You know, we sit down and talk mm-hmm. and say when when uh, Cabrera faced Roger Clemens for the first time yeah. in the two thousand three World Series and, and Clemens uh, threw the fastball up at his face <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. rather than back down, Cabrera gave him this just wicked glare and then proceeded to end the at bat by ripping a home run into the into the right field seats. Yeah. He's 20 years old. It's his rookie year. He's facing Roger the Rocket, the legend, you know. Mm-hmm. Screw that. I'm going to hit a home run. Yeah. <laughs> like he was just showing those those signs mm-hmm. right out of the gate. And uh, you're right. He's just been getting better and better ever since then. So who's to say, you know, yeah, well he's he's peaked. You yep. know, he's now he's going to go down for the next 10. Come yeah. on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for this is what um Uh, ESPN uh, posted uh, last night when this was all going down. Miguel Cabrera has 365 home runs, 1,260 RBI, and a 321 career batting average. Only seven players have ever amassed those career numbers, and Cabrera's not even close to being done. I think that pretty much says it all right now. There's no sign this guy's going to slow down. Or for that matter, this is his average season over the last 10 years. Three twenty-four, yeah. thirty-five home runs, one hundred and twenty RBI, and one hundred and ninety-one hits. That's
1: insane. It, it is, and to think about the fact that he won the Triple Crown mm-hmm. in in twenty twelve, which was an you know an incredible performance. The numbers mm-hmm. that he put up were great, but then he turned around the next year and bested yeah most of those numbers. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you could make the argument his triple crown year was one of his worst years in the last.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, it was certainly a mediocre year, apparently. Yeah. You know? and and to think, you know, what he what he could have accomplished last year had he not, you know, suffered the injury, and he still mm-hmm. did all that he did. So, yeah, going into this year and the next year and the next year, I think it's it's a time of it. You know, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's not going to slow down. I can't wait to see what he does.
2: Yeah, and
0: it's also interesting that uh, during the press conference, Dave Nabrowski mentioned that he finds extending a superstar player with 2 years remaining on his, on their contract to be the best course of action. That's exactly what he did with Justin Verlander. And uh, uh and Verlander was more than happy to agree to the deal. Uh but the obviously the uh, the counter argument is what would it hurt to wait it out? You know, why not uh, wait and see because he's you know, when this new deal kicks in, he's going to be 32 years old. You know, there's uh, he could get hurt, so on and so forth. But if you ask me, I find that the people who are saying, well, why don't you wait and see because you never know. That's kind of like managing your t- team in fear of things going bad. Uh, yeah. In some ways, this makes sense. You Be aggressive. You know, if, you're, uh, if you both truly believe, like I'm sure the Tigers do, that Miguel Cabrera is going to be a very productive player for a very long time, lock him up now. Lock him up when there's time remaining, when there's no pressure to – no deadline to actually get a deal done, like there was with uh,
1: with Max Scherzer,
0: and that I, that makes perfect sense to me.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, let's talk about the tale of two contracts. Yeah, here uh, Max Scherzer is, is the other one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that and I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about that in detail, but I just wanted to point out that
2: mm-hmm.
1: again, these two stories are the storylines are very different. Miguel Cabrera uh, showed incredible star potential right from his rookie year, right. and it has just been upward trajectory ever since. No problem. Lock him up, you know. Even though you got a couple more years left, get him early. Whereas, you know, a guy like Scherzer, a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. He had a flash of brilliance last year.
2: Yeah.
1: Now is not the time to lock him up. Yeah. Early. This is a guy you say, okay, let's wait this out. Let's let's let him go for another year or two and see, you know, how he does. Mm-hmm. It's it's just you can't compare these things. So it's not not in Cabrera's case. Yeah. He's He's just too good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that mm-hmm. that. To make that contract offer a couple of years early, yeah, is it's a and it's a goodwill gesture too. Oh, of Just, you know, say in recognition of what you've accomplished for us so far, and we trust that you're going to keep doing it. So we're not even you know complete and total faith here. Let's yeah. let's get this deal done.
0: Yeah, and and do you think there's there's at least uh, Dave Nabrowski mentioned that when asked, he said uh, you know aging Mike Illich was definitely involved in these negotiations. I don't know how much of that you can really believe. Obviously. I'm sure he was somehow involved, but you also have to wonder that uh, when you're 84 years old, I don't think you're too worried about what's going to happen 10, 12 years down the line. Mike Ellich wants point. to win, wants to win a World Series soon. You know, he knows time's running out, sad to say. So, you know, when you're, you know, he, you know I don't blame Mike Ellich for. You know, he's got billions upon billions. He can afford it. The family can afford it. Uh, no, yeah. Illich Holdings is, is 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 a huge, huge, huge entity that can handle. You now, $30 billion is a drop in the bucket. You know, I mean, uh, this is a contract, two hundred forty million million, is a drop in the bucket to, to Illich Holdings. So I can understand when an aging owner who has the one thing he's got left on his bucket list is to win a World Series. I can completely understand the feeling that I'm I don't care what it costs, I'm going to do what it takes. If that means maybe uh paying a 41-year-old ball player a little too a lot, a lot too much money,
1: so be it. Right. Put yourself in, in his shoes at this point, mm-hmm. you know at that age and with that much money and the goals you have I'm surprised he's not just buying everybody out right now I would be if I were his you know screw it man I'm going to be dead in a couple of years anyway get them all get get Cabrera get you know get mm. Kershaw get them out get them all just yeah. buy everything and we'll let the the chips fall where they may cuz I won't be around to deal with it in 10 years so. yeah and and this isn't
0: the same as when the Tigers gave extensions to you know uh, contracts to uh Nate Robertson and Dontrell Willis and uh, Brandon Inge and things like that. You know, the, uh, the you know, we're talking about a superstar. We're talking about a one percenter. We're talking about a Hall of Famer, and I I really just have a hard time believing that this is money that's not well spent at this point because obviously, I mean, look at Mike Trout. Mike Trout. You know, for all the people yelling about Cabrera. Mike Trout has got to be the if not uh, other than Cabrera, he's got to be the happiest man on the planet right now because yeah. Mike Trout, he you know you have to believe that he might be thinking right now half a billion
1: dollar contract may not be out of the question. It's, and I don't think it is. I think it's well within reach.
2: Yeah.
1: We, we were having these conversations again during the winter meetings mm-hmm. and just in awe of where the numbers were going. And we all said, I thought at that time, you know, just just give it a year and you're going to see the the five hundred million dollar contracts. It's not even that far off. Yeah. And But again, someone like Trout, mm-hmm. very different story. He's he's young still. Yeah. You can sign him for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he's shown that those, you know, those extreme uh trends towards brilliance and you know unbeatability. So it's just yeah, I I'm still kinda stuck on comparing these people to, you know, Buddy Bell and yeah. <laughs> and so, but, yeah.
0: yeah. And yeah, yeah, that that law article. Yeah, you yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't help your case when you, when you do make some legitimate points, when you throw out ridiculous crap like that. So uh, regardless of all this, I guess in the end, you know, so we kind of move on to a few of the other topics. There was other things that happened this week, by
1: the way. Uh, Before you move, let me just yeah, ask sure. this question. Out. Sure. How bad? How much does it suck? to be the, the Marlins right now. <laughs> What's going through these guys' heads as they're seeing all this go down? Are they thinking, man, we dodged a bullet? Or I wish he was still here.
0: Yeah, or or think about that. You know, Cabrera was available for essentially a bunch of unproven talent, even though at the time um, Cameron Mabin and Andrew Miller, and of course above what there's four or five other throw-ins, uh, they were considered... Uh, you know, top, you know, probably top 25 in all of baseball uh, prospects. Uh, once again, it kind of proves that, uh, for, you know, in these kind of deals that, you know, th- which is why most, many of us are against the Fister trade. For you know, you know is that whenever the team that gets the le- the legit proven major leaguer in a deal that involves prospects, almost every time the team that gets the the major leaguer, wins the trade. And the Marlins obviously gave away a once-in-a-generation type player, For and none of them are on that roster anymore, which is, right. <laughs> you, you know. And, but that was one of those deals. I remember when the deal went down originally. There was people in Detroit questioning the deal. Because you know, yeah. here in Detroit, there's, that, there's the, um, the John Smoltz effect, because they think every trade involves a prospect. That prospect's going to turn into John Smoltz. And, obviously, again, that was a once-in-a-generation type contract that blew up in the in deal that blew up in the, in the Tigers' face. That hardly ever happened. So, right. yeah. You But then, again, the Marlins is such an inept franchise that it is. It's hard to believe they've won two World Series. So. <laughs> I know. But then, again, that was when Dave Nabrowski was still involved with the, that organization
1: as well. So uh, You make a very, very good point there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's another thing with this is that um, – uh, all of a sudden, when it comes to these kind of contracts, sports writers all are suddenly economic experts. Sabermetric guys are economic experts. Right. You know, thinking that uh, you know, uh, uh, all of a sudden that just you know, they see these numbers and they start with the "Oh my God, this is going to bankrupt the team. This is going to uh, blow up in their faces." and Again, they tend to forget that we're not talking about Buddy Bell. (laughs) Right. Where are we? We're talking about Miguel Cabrera. And I think that changes the conversation significantly.
1: Yeah, especially, like we said, if if things had gone down differently, if he had been – you know, gone to the free agent market and then picked up by another team and then goes on to have just, you know, a continued brilliant career and goes into the Hall of Fame at first ballot. You know, come on. When when he goes into the Hall of Fame, who's going to look back on this period and say, "Man, but they sure they paid too much for him." Yeah. You're going to say it was worth every cent. Yeah.
0: Uh yeah, uh, there was an article by uh, John Heyman, who was actually the man who broke the story originally uh on uh Thursday afternoon. Um uh, and he uh, has you know and he actually writes a pretty good rebuttal to the uh, uh to to the money argument of this and he in his article he says i enjoyed one fellow who said the tigers should have given cabrera a 3 year deal <laughs> you know and that's the kind of ridiculousness when people say yeah they should have weighed maybe they should have only given him a 5 year deal or you know maybe they should have come up with a with some sort of contract that wouldn't pay him well into his 30s that wasn't going to happen because there would have been other teams lining up to make the same sort of deal the Tigers just did. And I think that's what uh, all the hypocrisy comes from. As we said earlier, uh, Miguel Cabrera was not going to agree to a contract that wasn't going to pay him essentially as the best player in baseball. Because that, and you can make the argument that he is. And that alone, he's going that meant he was going to get an A-Rod-esque type deal. And that, you know, that that's what gets me is that, yeah, the Tigers, sure the Tigers would have loved to have only paid Miguel Cabrera for three or four years.
1: That wasn't going to happen, never. No, no, and like you said, those numbers, as much monopoly money as it is, mm-hmm. they also, you can think of those as units of, you know, status. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 he does, it measures the status of a player to say, well, how much is he making now? And if he's the best in, in, in baseball right now, then he should be paid mm-hmm. the highest in baseball. Yeah. So those two things needed to, you know, to have some correspondence with each other. Yeah. Uh, it would have been insulting to go back to him and say, well, we'll give you a, a three-year, you know, contract, and we'll see how you do, yeah. you know, like, come on.
0: Yeah, and you know the players' union wouldn't have been too happy about that either. If Cabrera- no. yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll say, uh, once again, this is one of my favorite quotes, and I use it quite often, but uh, it's, it's, um Note The former Major League ball player uh, with the Yankees, Jim Bouton, who wrote one of the funniest books of all time, Ball Four, about life in the Major Leagues, as he said, when asked about uh, the skyrocketing contracts, and this, is, this quote from a few years ago it's still pertinent today, um, Bouton said, the Major League owners screwed ball players for 75 years. Uh, the players have only been screwing owners for 25. Players still have 50 years to make up. You know, yeah, fair enough. yeah, and that essentially, you know, the Tigers. I don't, now, yeah, let kind of wrap this conversation about Cabrera. The Tigers, I don't think, would have given this deal if they think they couldn't have afforded it, and if they didn't believe Cabrera was going to be productive for the vast majority of it. I think that's what we kind of have to remember. Is Mike Illich and the Tigers are not going to make a deal that they don't feel comfortable with ten years from now. It was the same thing with Prince Fielder. You know, there was yeah, yes, they did ultimately unload that deal, but a bunch of that was because because they need they wanted to make sure they kept Miguel Cabrera and they hoped to kept keep Max Scherzer. So, I yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, is it risky? Even Dabrowski admitted yes, there is a risk involved, but. The odds are pretty good when you're betting on a player as talented as Miguel Cabrera. And I agree. Yes. All right. Well, why don't we, well, as we're talking about money and contracts, we might as well talk about Max Scherzer. Let's move on to that. Okay. that which is all of a sudden kind of got—I won't say swept under the rug, but almost forgotten about. I mean, I almost forgot to add this to the show. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Years ago that that happened. Yeah.
0: Uh, earlier in the week, uh, reports had the Tigers offering Max Scherzer a six-year. million contract, which was rejected. The Tigers claimed uh, service agent Scott Boris ended negotiations. Uh, Boris pointed the figure at the Tigers, saying that it was the Tigers who stepped away from the bargaining table. Whomever you want to point fingers at and blame, it means Max Scherzer will test the free agency waters at the end of the season. And I'm I'm sure – I I think most of us felt this deep down, like, but I think we all felt the odds of Max Scherzer remaining a Tiger were pretty darn low, especially when your agent is Scott Boris, because you don't sign uh, with Scott Boris unless you are aiming to absolutely and completely maximize how much money you, you're you going to make. Uh, you know, he will – Uh, Well, I mean, look what he's doing with with someone with uh, uh, Stephen Drew, for example. You know, the the guy he's willing to his his client is willing to sit out to try and maximize how much money he's going to make. So, you know, this is one of those things where I'm not going to fault either party. Uh, I can understand the Tigers being leery of going past six years because reportedly Boris won I think, a seven or eight year deal. And for the most part. I don't know about you, but I feel far more comfortable going long-term with a -a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation type hitter in Miguel Cabrera than I do going with a starting pitcher who, admittedly, is now elite, but he's only been at that level for a little more than a season, and... There's always been that concern of Scherzer that he's on the razor's edge of, of his mechanics, that he's you know one, one bad pitch away from tearing up his arm, or he's, or he's the type of pitcher who could very easily find himself so out of whack you have to really battle to get him back to where he was. There's a lot of issues with Scherzer that I, don't, that I think don't apply to Miguel Cabrera, and I can understand both parties. And you do know that, I think we both realize, that Scherzer is going to get
1: a stupid, stupid contract.
0: Yep, and the Tigers, I think, made a fair offer.
1: I think that's that's the, uh, the yeah. That's to me, that was like the extreme limits, yeah. you know, of, of what an offer that they should have made.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, even that seems a little bit, again, just in terms of the length, six yeah. years. To me, it, that makes me uncomfortable because, as you said, I, I'm not sure that he doesn't, you know, blow out his arm in a couple of years with the way mm-hmm. he pitches. Yeah. And again, I, I think it, Scherzer is a, an above-average pitcher. We had a, a Hall of Fame year? Yeah, we don't know that he can do that again and again and again and again the way Cabrera has mm-hmm. had Hall of Fame years again and again and again. Right. And so the, the whole thing was, you know, over the, I guess it went, when the Kershaw deal went down,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, the people started talking about, oh man, Max Scherzer is going to just, you know, he's going to hit pay dirt because of the of the Kershaw mm-hmm. contract. And even then, I was thinking that's 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 a bad comparison though because they're not the same. They're not the same pitcher. They're not in the same boat. They're not the same age. They don't have the same track record. Mm -hmm. Kershaw should have gotten what he got, or at least you know it was. It's it's a little more easier. Yeah, it's
0: understandable. He's younger and he's had more success.
1: Right. He's he's got a little bit better proven track record. Plus, like you said, he's young.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Give him ten years. You know, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Twelve years, fifteen years. But but, uh, how old is Scherzer now? He's coming up on his. Oh now I forget. Like he's around twenty
0: nine, you know. When, when it this contract ends, yeah. he's
1: going to be deep into his thirties. That's for sure. Right, and so I, I think if even if he had signed the six year one forty four, you know million, I thought that that would have been probably not even a, a wise move necessarily. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of relieved that that uh, Boris and and you know Scherzer turned it down. Yeah.
0: And in some ways, I think with this deal, and it's, it's, I think the Tigers feel they are in a better. Place when it comes to having a replacement for Scherzer in the rotation. Now, with Drew yeah. Smiley stepping up, uh, you know, Rick Porcello, say what you will about him, he's still a very young guy at 25. Uh, it's obvious that uh, Dave Dombrowski believes Robbie Ray is going to be able to step up into the Tigers' rotation probably next year at, you know, at two years at the latest. Uh, and obviously, they still have Justin Verlander and Anibal Sanchez at the top of the rotation. And both those guys are legitimate Cy Young candidates. So I think that in this case, that the Tigers are, are feel good about their starting pitching with or without Max Scherzer. They lose Miguel Cabrera. Who do they have? Right. right. <laughs> the replacement isn't there. And you don't exactly. replace guys like Miguel Cabrera. You know, it's hard. It's going to be sure. It's going to be hard to replace Max Scherzer, but. It's very possible that Drew Smiley, who has shown signs of being a very, very good pitcher, a guy who could be a, a number one or a number two pitcher down the line, could very easily step into that role. Or for that, you know, who knows what's going to happen to Robbie Wright? No, the Tigers, if they didn't have Miguel Cabrera, they'd be using, well, uh, Jordan Leinenarton at first base. So I think that pretty much says it all.
1: Yeah, no, like you said, if, if they lose Scherzer, it's it's not as big of a blow. Yeah, you hate to lose. It's a the blow. Guy. Yeah, he's a good pitcher. Yeah, but. Oh boy, we've still got two Cy Young con- contenders mm-hmm. in the starting rotation, in, in Sanchez and Verlander. Plus, like you said, two I would say at least average to above average, you know, pitchers in Porcello and, and Smiley. So, yeah, it's you don't you don't suffer the same impact, right. you know, on losing Max Scherzer as good as he is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as big of a blow, and you've got that kind of depth in the rotation.
0: Yeah, and. Considering the Tigers both made this offer to Scherzer and obviously are paying Miguel Cabrera, uh, I think it's safe to assume that some of that $144 million will just be used in a different area, which can't hurt at all.
1: Yeah, although I would disagree with, I, I think I saw someone on Twitter said something to the effect of, you know, because uh, Scherzer turned down the deal, the Tigers were able to use mm-hmm. that, that money to make the offer to Cabrera. I don't think those two things were related in any way. Yeah. I, I sincerely doubt that the Tigers were, pinning the Cabrera extension on whether or not Scherzer decided yeah, exactly. to sign.
0: exactly. That's a great point.
1: That, so, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what do they do with the money that they were going to offer Scherzer? Hopefully they, you know, save it for the end of the year and make him another offer.
2: Yeah.
1: And I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little irritated that he turned it down, though, because I thought, God, that was, a, that was a very generous and fair, more than fair offer, you know, for who he is and what he's mm-hmm. accomplished. And yeah, whatever, he turned it down. So. I guess I, there's no sense being angry about it, right?
0: And 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 you also brought up a point that all of a sudden people do forget. You no, know, even though most of us do think that he's probably going to move on at the end of the year, no one's there's. It's not out of the question that the Tigers and Scherzer could still come to an agreement after the season, or who you knows? They could surprise us during the season. You just don't know when it comes to this kind of thing. So it's very possible that maybe the Tigers do end up upping their offer, or. Uh, uh, who yeah, there, there? There's so many. There's so many things that could happen that writing him off completely is probably unfair to both parties. I mean, if I was a betting man, I would bet Shirts or somewhere else next year. But you're right; they could still come to agreement at the end of the year, and the Tigers could be have a monster rotation for some time to come.
1: Yeah, and if I were a betting man, I would bet hard that mm-hmm. the Tigers will make him an offer at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. They, they, they're they not going to say
0: no. They're going to say bye-bye. You're right. They, they're they're going to negotiate. Block. They, there is a window there
1: where the Tigers can still negotiate before he hits pre-agency. So it would be you stupid know what? not to. If, if he has another monster year,
2: mm-hmm.
1: takes home another Cy Young or falls just short of it, you know mm-hmm. he's still in the top three in the voting or whatever, I bet the Tigers up the offer. Yeah. I expect them to, to try their best to keep him and I know he said he wants to stay in Detroit, so I don't think that's you know, it's just a you know, cut our losses and walk away, no yeah. love lost. No, they'll, they'll they'll go after him. But yeah. he was he was probably stupid enough to take that <laughs> that contract. Yeah, there's he, he mm-hmm. thinks he's gonna get more somewhere else at the end of the year, but can you imagine what's gonna happen if he has a really bad year? Yeah. Well if if, if he
0: has a bad year though and it also does not bode well for the Tigers chances either. Yeah, keep right. that in mind. So there's a lot at state for both parties, we'll put it that way. All right. Uh, speaking of a lot of steak, well, I don't know if there's a lot of steak at shortstop because the Tigers are now going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Tigers are going with a 37 year old in Al- Alex Gonzalez in a deal with the Oreos, The Tigers traded uh, the Italian Don Kelly, as he became known, a bless you, boys. Steve Lombardo, is a utility man uh, who was played some at short in uh, over his career and was tested there in spring training. But I think the Tigers feel he's more of a uh, a second baseman, third baseman, outfielder, utility, a Don Kelly type, because Don Kelly's not going to play short either. And being that they they were still, I, they, after acquiring Andrew Romine, they I, they felt they still needed some help at the position. They decided to trade Lombardosi for Alex Gonzalez, who's 37 years old, really hasn't had a a good offensive year in a couple years since he since he tore his ACL. Uh, but he has he raked in spring training with the Orioles as a non-roster invitee, was going to make the team, was likely going to start at third base as um, Manny Machado was still recovering from his knee surgery. And the Tigers, I think, just decided that, oh, I think it's pretty obvious, they don't think Danny Werb is a major league ball player. So they decided that they would prefer to go with a Gonzalez-Romine platoon with Gonzalez getting the majority of the time at shortstop. So... Uh, I I don't think a Romine Worf platoon would have bothered me that much, uh hook slide. I mean I Danny Worf is a solid fielder. Uh he obviously was probably not gonna hit a lot, but neither is Romine. And I guess in Gonzalez, I guess one, he has history of day at because he played many, many years at the Marlins and was a plus uh shortstop. And I maybe they just believe that Gonzalez is gonna hit more, but uh there's a lot of question marks of this deal. One, it shows that, you know, they they don't think anything of Danny Worth, that he's a 4A player at best. They obviously also don't think Hernan Perez or uh, uh, Eduardo Suarez are ready. So they go with a veteran. They know it's
1: a one-year stopgap thing, but this raises a lot of questions as to what's going to happen to shortstop this year. It's just there's question marks everywhere. Yeah. Like yeah. What, What's the strategy again? I, I thought that the strategy was – Will give up offense at shortstop in yeah. exchange for super hot defense, and that was the whole Iglesias thing. Right. Obviously, that fell through because his shins are made of toothpicks. So the the approach now is to pick up a veteran. I mean, I don't even know. Like, yeah. do they? I, I think you're. I think you're right. Gonzalez is more of an offense pickup than a defense pickup. But I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of the, not the direction. And that raises the question for me of well, why wouldn't you just go with, if not Danny Worth, even like you know, Hernan Perez. Yeah. Who who played, you know, some shortstop there and he's pretty quick out there. Yeah. Maybe not Iglesias levels, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: why not remind Perez? Yeah. You know, why why do you trade I'm just I'm surprised it doesn't make sense why they traded they just got Lombardozzi, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> we were just getting used to the guy. He had a nickname on BYB. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And In now a, he's gone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that all of a sudden all the people who are like, why did we get Steve he in the first place? Now they're all upset that they traded him. So, you know, there's a – but you really nailed it in that shortstop is a huge question mark, but there's a lot of question marks on this team. You know, And that kind of brings up the – I know you haven't been able to be on the podcast, so you really haven't had to talk about this. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, you know, Jose Iglesias' injury, and for that matter, Bruce Rondon's injury, which I, if you ask me – I think might be uh, out of, if you want to, between the Trioka of, of Andy Dirks missing three months, Jose Iglesias missing the entire year, and Bruce Rondon having to undergo Tommy John surgery and missing the year, I think the Rondon injury is the one that great, most affects the Tigers for this coming season. But what's your take on all this and, you know, how you feel about um, uh, the bullpen in general now that Jabba Chamberlain, God forbid, is now the setup man?
2: <laughs> Pretty much, that's, that's it all. I need more whiskey.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that just—that was a blow. Mm -hmm. That was a real blow to hear about Rondon, and it came right in the heels of the Iglesias news. You know, finding out that he was going to be out for the entire season, and oh, guess what? Mm -hmm. You know, our our young phenom pitcher is going to be. Oh, that was that was very upsetting. Um, And it's funny because we we talked about this in the podcast probably six weeks ago. Yeah you know, about the the Rondon-Zamaya comparison. I'm not making that comparison necessarily, right. but, you know, he said, oh, can you imagine if he has problems with the elbow? Mm-hmm. Guess what? He has problems with the elbow. And uh, so, yeah, the bullpen looks looks a little bit like a Stephen King horror book right now. Yeah. Um, I, Chamberlain has not impressed me not at all. At all. all right. Coke has not impressed me. Um, you know, we were really kind of counting on Rondon to be the solid mm-hmm. setup man. If you can get the ball to Rondon in the eighth, and then to Nathan in the ninth, you got it. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, who's going to... Okay. So now we're back to the uh, Albuquerque and, uh, you know, Evan Reed, and this kind of just roll the dice and stuff. Yeah, what and happens. that really
0: says something. I think you could make an argument that the Tigers might be better served going with Reed or Puconan in the setup role than Chamberlain, because they both pitch better to him in the spring training.
1: Absolutely. I'm not sure why Chamberlain's yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where, because you know they say that you know the bullpen, uh, lineup rotation, whatever, you mm. know, as it is in April and May, isn't necessarily what it is in June and July. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure they're going to be looking for other options. But man, for right now, that hurts. Yeah, that just hurts. Yeah,
0: I mean, as uh, I appeared on the uh, uh, on the South Side Sox podcast last week, and they were asking me about the injuries and you know how it affects my feelings on the season, you know, how about the, how this team's going to do, and uh, I, I you know, despite the injuries and despite how much the Rondon one I think hurts the bullpen, uh, I, I pretty much put it as if the Tigers not winning the division was hanging on the play of Andy Dirks, Jose Iglesias, and Bruce Rondon, well then they were a lot
1: worse team than I think they were to begin with. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, <laughs> But on the other hand, I mean, I have to be the you know, mm-hmm. devil's advocate, but weren't we saying, you know, yeah. look, they're going to need to make up some offense, so Andy Dirks is going to have to have a breakout year. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of that, you know, pinning some of the hopes on Dirks being really good and now he's out. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or saying, okay, yeah, but we have defense. We have Iglesias. That's the thing now. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't need the offense. We have stellar defense. Look at Iglesias. Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Okay. Well, the bullpen sucks. Yeah, but we have, mm-hmm. you know, Rondone. It'll be, it'll be okay. The bullpen went, well, he's gone. Okay. So maybe the, the, the championship hopes we're not entirely on these three guys but god that's a lot mm-hmm. you know of three key players that I think we were expecting would have they needed to make contributions yeah so i think it's going to be a little tighter than than we initially thought yeah
0: well, well i do think it uh, the tigers realized that as well and that when it came to uh, the, the, what looks like what's going to be the final roster is that uh, rookie Tyler Collins is, looks like he's going to make the team for opening day and as a, a left-handed bat who's going to play left field I think you know he and he has shown a lot of pro, uh, promise um, as a minor leaguer he kind of really broke out last year with uh, Erie last season with uh, 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 he uh, what he had uh, 21 home runs with Erie uh, 79 RBIs Uh, And he is a guy who has posted some very nice OPS numbers uh, in the minor leagues. His career OPS is right around 800 in the minor leagues, including some uh, really good ones at the lower level. So uh, it, it looks like the Tigers kind of see that offensive thing, and they're hoping that maybe Tyler Collins can give them a boost uh, in in a in a corner outfield position, kind of like Matt Tuilasopu did for him last year. I mean, and I, be honest with you, I would I'm willing to bet more on maybe Collins showing more than Tuilasopu did. You know, and he did end up having a marvelous first half, but uh, mm-hmm. the Tigers see more, I'm, I think, in Collins, and that's why they're keeping him around. And maybe they can catch a little fire in a bottle, so to speak, lightning in a bottle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so he is on the twenty-five man roster, correct?
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, I he, I saw he, that. There's going to be some moves made to make because he's not on a forty man. But I, all that means is that Aglacios or Ron Dolan will just be moved to the sixty man, uh, sixty-day uh, right. uh, injured list, with
1: to make room for him. But yeah, right. it looks like he's going to make the team unless the Tigers make another deal. Yeah, that was that was kind of a nice, unexpected, mm-hmm. you know, surprise. I thought this this kid turned out to be okay and mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, Bring I'd, much better, I,
0: I, I'd, I'd like, much better give him a chance than going to Don Kelly. In <laughs> You're just down on Don Kelly, man. Oh, I'm not completely down on Don Kelly, but I, Don Kelly has his use, and the more you play Don Kelly, the more he gets exposed, and I just don't see him as part of an everyday platoon, so I'm, I'm willing to give Collins a chance.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Don Kelly has a use that's just not ever with a baseball bat.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So yeah. Let's see what this Collins kid can do. Yeah.
0: But again, but that, that that just goes to show there are for a team that uh is expected to go deep into the playoffs, make a World Series run, there's a ton of question marks and that goes from the manager on down. So uh it's gonna be an
1: interesting season, to say the very least. Yeah, like so strap in guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah know you, <laughs> you know how rough it can get. You know how rough it can get you know, when the first several weeks of the season go down poorly. And so if if we're, if we're struggling, you know, in like third place still by the middle of May, you know, it's going to go, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We've got a lot of season left, you
0: know. All right. Uh, Let's kind of start uh, heading down the home stretch of this and uh, uh, bring up one more topic. And that would be um, franchise value. Is it kind of fitting considering this podcast has been all about the money? Um,
1: For You are paying me for this, right? Uh,
0: uh in a in, in in numerous handshakes and pats on the back so all right uh but You're in. <laughs> uh forbes has released their annual major league baseball franchise valuations uh this past week uh, they have the obviously there's uh this is really just an estimate it's an educated guess and i really do think the tigers are worth more than this if they were if they were actually on the market but Forbes has uh, the team's worth pegged at $680 million, smack in the middle of Major League Baseball 15th overall. Uh, I, it, it, part of this, uh, the payroll is going to be north of $162 million this year. I think it's just going to be around right about $162.5. Uh, but to put it all in perspective, again, when we're talking like Monopoly money, Mike Illich, Paid just eighty-two million for the Tigers in nineteen ninety-two, and I don't know about you, uh, Hoxsey, but I really do think if the Tigers hit the market, considering uh, as the team stands right now that they are a contender, uh, they have a, a a relatively new stadium that is filled up every night, that uh, they have a couple superstars locked down for, for the long term. I really do think if this team was on the market, it would be worth far more than six
1: hundred eighty million dollars. I think you're absolutely right, but this would make a very interesting economic case study, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Here's, here's how you do it. You yeah. know, buy them for 82 million, and now look where they're at. I mean, because Illich invested. Yeah. You know, he he invested in some uh, some star power. Mm-hmm. You know, some really top level players, and it's it seems to have paid off. So good for him.
0: Yeah, and uh, it, it kind of goes to show that you know he's a, a smart businessman because. Uh, he bought the Red Wings for far, far less, and I think they're worth for about $400 million now. So, wow! you know, he, there's a reason why Mike, Billi- Mike Illich is a billionaire. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. And even though he's a billionaire, despite
1: making well, pretty average pizzas at best. I was going to say, just, just take a step back for a minute and remember that all of this comes from pizza. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Little that's Caesars. A, that's a great story. I'm going to go get some pizza when we're done with this podcast. Well,
0: no, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the Tigers have been tied up with pizza in one way or another I uh, uh, since true. 1984 <laughs> when Tom Farahan right. bought the team, and he made his fortune uh, with Domino's.
1: I forgot about that. Yep, yep. Yeah. That, that's funny. Mm-hmm. That's, there's, there's a joke in there somewhere. Awesome. Yeah, there's later. a
0: joke there somewhere, and there's something about Michigan and bad pizza.
1: <laughs> you know, 'Cause not exactly like Domino's this is gourmet pizza either, so well, maybe at the time. I don't yeah. know. They did not avoid the noid, apparently. Oh
0: God. I think we better end it right there if you're gonna bring up the noid. Sorry. <laughs> All right. then we're pushing an hour anyway, and that's about well about the time length we like on these podcasts. So uh before we wrap up the show, uh Hookside, is there anything else you'd like to bring up before we uh move on to real life matters?
1: Uh, not necessarily. Uh, I got to go out to the Whitecaps food event um, yesterday with Bill Coke's brain. Yeah. So we got to try all the new uh, uh, ballpark food offerings. And yeah, we'll how did
0: a, that go? It gave us a little uh,
1: report on that, if you could. Well, we've got a piece going up today, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a write up on, on all the food we got to try and you know our ridiculous tasters notes on it. So um, some really interesting uh, items, though the venison mm-hmm. burger. Um, really. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're offering uh, like four or five different beers now, new new mm. beers that they didn't have before. Um the the contest winner was uh, atrocious, I thought, I hate to say <laughs> it, but it said stupid hot dog wrapped in potato chips. It was not not fun, but um that doesn't yeah. sound that bad, but it didn't t- it did not meet your standards. Though. It was extremely difficult to navigate. Ah, you you can't get your mouth around this thing when it's got these giant potato spirals, you know, kind of ringing it. You'll see the picture and you'll see yeah. what I mean <laughs> Oh, boy. But, no, it was a, it was a fun event to mm-hmm. sit down with and to get to meet some of the, uh, you know, org guys from uh, from the Whitecaps and got to sit down and talk with uh, Ben Cheswick, their, their uh, play-by-play guy, and talk about the team, you know, and who he sees coming up in the prospects and that kind of thing. So it was a good time.
0: Yeah, and it really goes to show just the resiliency of these minor league franchises because they had they, it wasn't that long ago when the stadium went up in really a catastrophic fire.
1: Yeah, yeah. And to look at it now, and they've got most of it, it looked in it from the facade, at least, looked like it was mm-hmm. mostly rebuilt. So yeah. uh, the ground is still covered in snow and disgusting, but that's a different different issue.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this uh, before we wrap it up. Uh, uh, the Tigers have announced that they one of their new offerings uh, for food is going to be the poutine dog. Would you Possibly, prefer that yes.
1: over what you t- or tried at the, the, the Whitecaps gathering? Anything involving poutine, I'm I'm for it. Ah. Absolutely. I, I spent some time in Canada um, mm-hmm. when I was younger and got very used to the Canadian, you know, delicacy. <laughs> I think of it as a delicacy. Yeah. And uh, when the Whitecaps released their, their food voting contests, you know, and the, the different items that were on there, they had a poutine burger
2: yeah.
1: on the list. And I was trying to drum up support and said, get that, <laughs> get that. And they ended up with a freaking hot dog with <laughs> potato spirals on it, like, you don't realize the greatness you have missed out on. So, but that's cool. The, the, a poutine dog, you say, America? Yeah, yeah. They, they have already announced a poutine hot dog. Awesome. Awesome. I will have to try that. And their, their proximity to Canada gives me hope. Yeah. So Because I've heard that the U.S. just screws up poutine. I've never actually had it here, but mm-hmm. I've heard that they, they mess it up every time. So hopefully the proximity to Windsor, maybe they can ship that stuff over or something. Yeah, that's
0: the question. Can, can Americans, uh, will Americans screw up a Canadian delicacy? <laughs> i would I time. would bet it, I would bet it would probably they just might, but who knows cool, all right, well, with that, let's wrap up the show so um all really all I can add is uh uh as I've said over and over this podcast, we're watching history when it, whenever Mel Gelbert comes to the plate, and he is you can make the argument that he is definitely the best player in the baseball, if not the best player in baseball, he's probably top two or three at worst. And he was not going to cut a deal. He was not going to shortchange his contract. He was going to get mega, mega dollars from somebody. And I'll just say, I'm just I'm glad it's the Tigers and not someone else. And as we said over and over again, uh, if the Tigers let him walk, I think the fan base would not forgive this team. So they really were. They. Uh, and I'll just say this: I trust Dave Nabrowski. Has he made some? Interesting or controversial decisions this past offseason? Yes, he has. But the track record shows he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing when he's giving this contract. He knows what he's doing when he's building this team. And no matter what has happened this offseason, this team is still favored to make a deep run into the playoffs. So in the end, I'm glad Miguel Cabrera is here. It's not our money. If Mike Illich is going to spend it before he goes, I'm glad he's keeping it on the team with Miguel Cabrera. And and I'm not going to get worried about something that could happen 10 years down the road. Uh, Maybe I'll sound different in 10 years, but right now I'm not going to worry about it. I I want to see this team do well over the next few years. And if that means giving Miguel Cabrera an insane amount of money for 10 years, I'm all for it.
1: So let's wrap it up. Up slides. So where can they find you? One, one more thing. Oh, I'm thing. sorry. Go ahead. Because I just remembered this. It kind of went under the radar late last night. Yeah. Um, did you see that Doug Fister got put on the disabled list? I knew.
0: I I knew he. i heard he had missed his last start, and he really was so far behind. The other starters, he was like pitching in minor league games, and in his last uh, appearance, he wasn't able to. They actually had to pull him. So he's on the DL.
1: He went to the DL. uh, They're saying he's probably going to be out for a couple of weeks. He's got uh, elbow inflammation, strain, whatever. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, Doug Fister is is... going to be uh, MIA for a little while. So I guess in some weird way, that means we won the trade. (laughs) Yes, because we have Robbie Ray, Ian Crow, and (laughs) Alex Gonzalez. Gonzalez, yes. (laughs) All
0: right, so where can they find you online, Hookslide?
1: On Twitter, at HookslideBYB.
0: And, of course, you can find me on Twitter. Big Al B-Y-B at Big Al B-Y-B and of course you can find us all pretty much every day at Bless You Boys so uh, and of course if you want to catch, on, catch up with this podcast we are available in the usual places we are on iTunes if you subscribe to us on iTunes make sure it's the Bless You Boys blog talk radio feed and uh, we should be back pretty much every week at this point now that uh, and hopefully we'll have the entire gang back together for our first podcast of the regular season Next week, and it's about time we get to see baseball, Hookslide. Real baseball.
1: Real baseball. Yeah. Starting Monday.
0: Indeed. So, until uh, this time next week, when we actually get to talk about hopefully things other than money, uh, this is Al Beaton saying um, good afternoon and good luck along with Hookslide.
1: Help us, Java Chamberlain. You're our only hope.
0: And we'll shoot for some more Star Wars references
1: on the Next Bless You Boys podcast. That's good advice. Thanks, big fella.